Jonahverse. I am Jonah. Thank you for coming back and visiting me in my universe where I welcome you once a week to my world where I discuss everything that's happened within that week and everything I enjoy. Um, yeah, I'm coming down off the high from Heroes and Villain Con from uh, FanFest still. Uh, still still uh, excited about that. Meeting Katie Cassidy and Karen Gillan and all that jazz. Uh, there's a, a bit of new nerdy news that came out this week and not all of it is DC related like it was last week. Um, first off, something near and dear to my heart is the whole J.K. Rowling Harry Potter universe. Um, J.K. Rowling recently revealed, I guess you want to say, uh, some new schools of magic that uh, weren't in the book or that were in the movie. Um, she says that there's 11 magical schools altogether, but um, she talked about four specific ones and she had um, some info on it, some type of, you know, back history to them there's four schools that she mentioned one was in brazil another was in africa uh another one in japan and the other one that she spoke of was in the usa which she didn't have too much info on it right now but she said that she would be revealing more info about it later um pretty interesting she said that the one in africa is the largest has the most students, I think she said, but the one in Brazil is the largest school. But it's pretty interesting how she, you know, created some of the backstory based off the culture of those specific areas. Like the one, the school in Africa, she said that they don't use uh, wands, that they've learned to just, you know, use their hands. That they can, you know, cast spells and, and do all sorts of things with their hands. They don't need wands. So uh, it's pretty interesting just to see, you know, if, if you're a fan of the, the books, the books ended, the fan of the movies, the movies ended. So we're kind of, you know, left without any more Harry Potter goodness to fill our greedy little hearts that uh, we want to be filled because we love Harry Potter. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm a great large fan of Harry Potter. But um, with this new info, I'm hoping that she makes some type of expansion on the universe of Harry Potter. You know, I don't know if she's going to come out with another Harry Potter book, but if she came out with maybe a story basing out of one of these schools, I think that'd be pretty, pretty fucking awesome. So I'm hoping with this new info, something comes out of this, not just a little bit of knowledge just to, to have knowledge just for the sake of it i hope something comes out of it so i was pretty pretty excited to to read that it was pretty cool um also star wars has gotten a release date for uh the blu-ray for uh the new star wars episode 7 that just came out and has a release date of april 5th which is just in time for my birthday which is april 9th 
So I am most likely not going to wait till the 9th and buy it for myself on the 5th if I can get my hands on it and it's not sold out anywhere. Which I don't think it will be. You know, I think they'll do their due diligence and make enough copies for everyone. So that was pretty cool news. Um, also, the movie Triple X, a franchise now, very small one. Uh, the first one was with Vin Diesel. The second one was with Ice Cube. Well, they just started production on Triple X Three, and guess who's back? But the original Xander, Vin Diesel himself. He uh, posted some pictures on Instagram of him on set filming what looked like a like a dirt bike scene. I guess he was doing some type of stunt. Um, I enjoyed Triple X. I don't know about any of you. Uh, it was pretty cool, action-packed thriller, and, you know, pretty badass. Vin Diesel being Vin Diesel. So I'm. I'm excited. I'm not saying this is one of the best fucking movies ever created, but I'm, I definitely go see it. I enjoyed the part first one more so than I did Ice Cube, but um, that's just because I'm a big Vin Diesel fan. So that's just me. But uh, it's been 15 years. So after 15 years of making another one, which falls into the trend of films today, where they're remaking a lot of old shit, or they're just they're revisiting a lot of old shit. Trying to bring that nostalgia back. Um, I don't know if they're running out of new ideas. I mean, there's some pretty interesting movies out that were pretty new. That I've never seen done before. But uh, I'm excited for it. Triple H. I mean, Triple X. Sorry. <laughs> Vin Diesel. He's back. Being brolic, bold guy that he is. Uh, what else? James Gunn. The director of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Confirmed that... They've casted the villain and Star-Lord's father for the new Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Uh, he hasn't given in any info yet on as to who he casted, but he has confirmed that they have casted those two roles. So uh, we're just waiting now, idly by, to find out who exactly is going to be playing those parts. And I'm really interested to see who they're going to... Or who they've casted to play Star-Lord's father. Uh, I don't know when he's going to reveal that. But uh, he definitely needs to get on that ball and let everyone know. Because I want to know who he casted. Um, also, they've been making some forecasts as to how much they believe Batman v Superman is going to make opening weekend in the box office. And they're, uh, they're shooting pretty high. I don't think it's an unobtainable number. But uh, they're shooting for 154 million. That's what their their best educated guess is. How much they think is going to be uh, be made that opening weekend, which would be them uh, put them in the the top ten, I believe. Uh, movies of uh, highest you know grossing opening weekends. It'd be put them right right at the bottom. So, I mean, nothing too great, but shit, if you're a top 10, you're, that's, that's still an accomplishment, so. Uh, we'll see what happens there. You know, there's a lot of mixed reviews and feelings towards the Batman v Superman movie. I, myself, am extremely excited about it, not because, I mean, it's a comic book movie, which I'm always a fan of comic book movies, being a comic book fan. Uh, but it looks pretty badass. I mean, fucking, granted, it, it looks like they're trying to cram a bunch of shit into the movie, so that they can kind of rush towards uh, a Justice League movie and try to catch up to Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
But uh, still looks pretty badass. I'm excited to see it. But uh, that's some some big goals to, to shoot for. 154 million opening weekend. We'll see what happens. Um, also, speaking of DC, the CW, which is very DC-centric with all their DC shows, um, they've ordered a pilot for an Archie series. Uh, I believe it's live action. I don't think it's going to be an animated series. Uh, it's going to be called Riverdale, which is the town they live in. Um, I've never, I was never an Archie fan. I've never read the, you know, the little comics that you find in the supermarket or anything. But I have started reading Archie, and I have become a fan recently with the new re-release, I want to say, of the, the Archie comic where, where Mark Wade was writing it, or is writing it. And uh, Fiona Staples was on art, which was fucking beautiful. They since switched over to Annie Wu. She's doing the art now. Uh, she's also uh, an, an awesome artist. I've met her a couple times, once at Comic-Con and another time in uh, my local comic shop here. Uh, she's she's a pretty cool person, and she, ha she has really nice art. I really dig it. But um, I, I've become a fan now with Archie after what Mark Wade has done with it. So... I don't know who's going to be riding the pilot. If they can get Mark Waite on it, that'd be fucking awesome. But uh, I can only hope that it feels more like the, this new comic that Mark Waite is writing rather than some type of cheesy you know, high school show like fucking 90210 or something uh, or Dawson's Creek. I don't want it to feel like that. So I hope they, they know. I hope that it becomes out awesome. I'm not against it. So I'm interested to see what they do with that. And CW's been killing it with their shows. So, I mean, I really can't block them out and, and put blinders onto it. I I am willing in, to see what they have to offer and, and what comes out of this. Hopefully it does good and hopefully it, it goes past the pilot. But uh, we'll see. And uh, lastly... Oh, no, that's that's all the news I have, actually. My mistake. Um, but this week, we have shows to watch. Some great shows. Speaking of the CW, let's talk about my favorite shows, Flash, Arrow, and the new show, Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, let's start off with Legends of Tomorrow, actually. Legends of Tomorrow, this is the part two to the pilot, which is uh, has been pretty, pretty good. Uh... Me, being a Doctor Who fan, I can't help but compare it to Doctor Who because that's what it feels like to me. So I am a fan of it. I enjoy the whole, you know, feel that they're going for or that they've accomplished so far. So I don't know if anyone doesn't watch Doctor Who, if they're going to feel the same way I do. Or if someone who is a super hardcore Doctor Who fan is going to hate this because they feel like they're copying Doctor Who. I don't know. My personal feeling is I enjoy the show a lot. Um, this week's episode, part two to the pilot, they they find Vandal Savage and kind of tip Vandal Savage off to the fact that someone from the future is after him. Because the, the Vandal Savage in this time period right now isn't aware of them yet. Well, until now. That uh, 
they get into this huge fight and they did an awesome fucking job with this fight with the whole CGI aspect that they've done. Um, it was a pretty badass battle. It reminded me of almost like the Avenger movie. I mean, obviously not on a on a grander scale like that movie is, but they have a huge fucking budget to do that. But uh, for what they have, I think it looked awesome actually. But um, in this week's episode, spoiler alert, just all these reviews I'm gonna do on the shows are spoilers. I'm gonna, I'm going to be talking about them. Um, they have to find. Well, first of all, in the battle. Adam loses a piece of his armor, and Vandal Savage peoples find it. So he gets his people to try to reverse engineer it and try to recreate this technology, which is obviously not from this time period. So it's kind of it's far more advanced to uh, what they have currently, which is in the seventies. And um, since they lost the piece, they're trying to find it, but the only way they can find it is with a detector that can read the, the specific signature that this piece of armor is emitting. And in this time period, that technology doesn't exist, except for uh, Professor Stein, his young self, is working on something that could detect it. Obviously, the young Dr. Stein, uh, Professor Stein doesn't know anything about it. He's just doing it for the sake of science. But um, they have to find young S Professor Stein and get this piece to find Adam's missing armor piece. So they find him and apparently he was quite the ladies man flirting with White Canary and uh, he smoked doobies for you young folk who don't know what doobies are. That is marijuana. So uh, <laughs> Firestorm and White Canary are, are digging the young Professor Stein because he was a lot cooler back then. He's a lot cooler than the uh, the prude Dr. Stein that they currently have, which was uh, pretty funny to see. But anyway, you know, long story short, they get the piece from young Stein. They find Adam's armor piece. So they get it back. So everything in the uh, timeline is copacetic and good, but they're still trying to get Vandal Savage. Vandal Savage kills in the, in the final fight um Hawkman and stabs Hawk Girl although they have her on ship and she's in she's in stable conditions but um she is hurt but Hawkman is dead so I'm going I want to see what you know if they find Hawkman from that time period or what or what's going to happen there but um there after you know the the fight for Vandal Savage continues. They haven't defeated him yet. But um, I, I just like the overall feel of this show. You guys tell me. What do you guys think about it? I've been enjoying it. It may not be your feelings. And uh, your opinion is valid. But um, let's move on to Flash. Flash this week I think was the better out of the three shows this week. It's definitely my top one. Uh, this week, Patty's leaving. And um, before she leaves, she kind of figures out who Barry is. She feels that, that Barry is the Flash, which in fact he is. But um, he is denying it to her face. And she just wants him to admit it that he is the Flash. And I think Barry is an idiot because Patty is 
extremely adorable, and I would love nothing but to be Patty's Barry Allen. I may not run fast, but uh, I can sprint around saying, you know, zoom, 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 pretend, so to speak. Fuck it, I'll fucking cosplay as the Flash if it'll get me Patty. She's fucking gorgeous. But, um, Patty aside, um, Dr. Wells creates a way to tap into Cisco's abilities and to get him to vibe and control it. Uh, in doing so, he gets a vibe or vision, whatever you want to call it, that, um, Reverse Flash is back, and he's in this area now. So, they end up finding him. Uh, you know, the whole battle, chase thing happens. They end up catching him. Now, in doing so, it fucked with the timeline, and now is causing Cisco to disappear. So, in order to make sure Cisco's alright... They have to basically send Reverse Flash back to his time. And um, they do so on the Particle Accelerator. You know, they, him and Re Reverse Flash and Flash both, you know, run parallel with each other. And when, once the hole is open, you know, Barry has to give him the extra push and basically throws him through the hole. Sends Reverse Flash back to his time. Cisco is fine and, and safe now. Um, but now he still has the whole worry that Reverse Flash is still alive and well, and uh, he can, he'll, he'll still come back. But um, this episode is basically the origin story to the Reverse Flash of uh, where he started his whole, you know, tirade of trying to kill Flash. So um, I, I think this whole episode was great. I give it a 5 out of 5. I mean, it was awesome. I still want Patty to stay. Barry's a fool. She tricked him at the end where uh, she calls him. She says, I'm on the train. There's men with guns. So Barry, seeing, being, you know, Barry obviously can't just, okay, we'll call the cops. He not trying to be, you know, um, incognito with it and uh, races there as a flash, gets inside the train cart. And she reveals that there was no one. She just wanted to see if he would come. And that was basically her confirmation that Barry is the Flash. Because there's no way that Barry has the Flash's, you know, phone number on speed dial. So, hey, my girlfriend or ex-girlfriend, whatever you want to call her, is on the train and there's gun, uh, men with guns. So, that's how it ended. I enjoyed it. Watch The Flash if you're not watching The Flash. It is a f phenomenal show. Uh, now let's get into Arrow. Uh, Arrow this week, I feel, was the lighter of the three. Um, I, I don't know. I don't. Some guy comes up to you know Diggle and his wife when they're on a date. Um, tries to tell her something. Gets shot and abducted. So now they're trying to find out where he is and who's doing that. And um. Diggle's trying to kind of re get reacquainted with his brother, trying to get, build that trust up again with his brother. Um, and Felicity is struggling with being paralyzed. She's in a wheelchair. And 
uh, Stephen Amell, you know, Arrow is struggling with with her struggle basically on and basically making her feel comfortable because she doesn't feel like you know she's all there yet like mentally she still has a lot of shit on her mind and he's trying to reassure her you know being the the good boyfriend that he is which all boyfriends should do is reassure their significant others um that uh you know that she's needed and that she shouldn't let this bog her down and uh, at the end she kind of you know faces her demons and her which come in, come to the form of old emo Felicity, where she's all gothic and whatnot, which was pretty funny. But that she she breaks through that doubt, and she kind of finds herself again. And now she's back in action, helping them. But um, obviously she's helping them from the safety of the Arrow base, which she's always done. She's never been on the field, but now she she feels helpful. And um, they've given her her code name of uh, what is it? Overwatch. Pretty cool name. Um, I would have wished they called her the Oracle already. I think that would have been uh, awesome. But whatever, they gave her Overwatch, which makes sense. She's overwatching the team. Um, but it was a good. It was a good episode. I give it a let's see, the three point five, three point five four, between there maybe. I don't know. Am I being too generous? I don't know. It was a good episode. It was just it was the lighter of the three. It wasn't a bad episode by far. But yeah. So um that's it for the DC shows. Let's go on to Marvel, which is Agent Carter, which uh, uh has been good. I'm so used to the DC shows where I'm seeing, you know, Cape Crusaders, if you will, you know, people with superpowers or abilities. And then even with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I see people with, you know, abilities, with Inhumans and all that nonsense. Um, so, so to see Agent Carter, which is a, what isn't supposed to be a superhero show, it's, it's a spy thriller type of thing. So uh, for what it is, it's been good. Um, they have the whole Black Matter issue still. And um, when there's Black Matter in presence, stuff starts floating in air. So, uh, Sousa's talking to Peggy and shit starts floating. So they think that she is infected with the black matter or whatever it is. Turns out, it's not the case. They go to Howard Stark. Uh, Howard Stark makes some type of concoction or something, sprays it in the air. And, um, turns out that the doctor that disappeared the first episode that they thought was dead... Um, actually isn't dead, he's kind of just invisible, he's like, I don't know if he's in between, not dimensions, but like, his atoms are like, floating or some shit, I don't know, it's science stuff that I don't get, but anyway, the spray reveals that the doctor's still alive and he's with them, which is kind of creepy to know that this guy was following them the whole time, but, um, so they reveal he's alive, uh, and he's still, he's not able to touch shit though, like, kind of like phases through things but him and Howard Stark team up to you know find a a remedy I guess you want to say but uh with dealing with that you know they're they have to there's a whole you know conspiracy they have to find out who's doing or who's working with this black matter who's after it um you see the that woman the actress I forget her name 
she has the black matter in her. She has that scar on her forehead that she's trying to cover up. Where you see, you see like this black shit oozing out. And at the end, she's, she's trying to get her husband to kill Peggy. It doesn't work out because Peggy is a badass. And on top of that, she has Jarvis with her. So them two combined uh, kick his ass, basically. Foil their plans. And um, at the end, you see the director to the movie kind of hits on this this the actress in her uh, her dressing room. She fights him off, and in doing so, she kind of absorbs him with her black matter powers. I don't know what exactly she can do. She doesn't even know what she can do. So she's kind of freaked out by it. But um, you see a gold mask. Now, this woman is going to be the uh, supervillain known as Madame Mask, where she wears a gold mask to cover her scarred face. And uh, her scar is getting larger, so she's going to be wearing this mask soon, and she's going to become Madame Mask, which is pretty cool to see you know old comic uh, villain come to life like that. Um, but the show was good. I'll give that a three. Uh, it wasn't a big remembrance like doesn't stick in my head doesn't pop out like doesn't give me that feeling like oh my god that was a great episode but it was a good episode nonetheless um we'll see i want this season to end on a large scale like you know agents of shield was ended and uh even the dc shows they end on a, on a grand scale leading to some bigger shit i want this to lead to a, a bigger event so uh, we'll see where where it goes on, but um, that's it for shows. It is now February. It's February first to be specific, which I'm excited for. And the only reason is not because of Valentine's Day, because I'm single and I have no Valentine, so I'm not in a rush to get to the holiday. But one good thing that comes out of February, besides Valentine's Day, is. Walking Dead is going to return. February 14th, I'm, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which is how I'm going to be spending my Valentine's Day watching Walking Dead, the greatest show ever created, in my opinion. And uh, so, yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm going to buy chocolate hearts and an assortment of candy and binge-worthy food to watch... Walking Dead, and uh, I think it's going to be a great time. I am looking forward to it. I don't care what you guys say. Don't judge me. Uh, so yeah, that's it for for shows. Uh, let's go on to my pull list. My pull list for this week um, is very image heavy because image is probably probably the greatest comic publisher right now even greater than marvel and dc uh marvel comes in at a close second and dc at third uh but let's go on to marvel all right from marvel uh i have all new all different avengers number four daredevil number three extraordinary x-men number six kanan the last padawan number 10 and captain america civil war prelude number four uh, I haven't read any of the new Marvels because I was waiting for Secret Wars, as you know. It finally ended, so now I have to play catch-up to all these Marvel titles. But uh, I'm excited to see, you know, 
where they're going. Uh, from DC, Batman and Robin Channel number seventeen continues. It's a weekly comic. Uh, it's been it's been a good book. I, I'm a fan of James Tynan and obviously Scott Snyder, so it's been a good book. Yeah, it, it's ending at I think issue twenty two or twenty three. If I'm not mistaken, the last Batman Eternal ended at 52 issues. This is this is Batman and Robin Eternal, and it's not ending at 52. So that's a good thing because getting a weekly book every week for 52 issues it, it can be you know tiring on your wallet. So I'm glad that they cut it down. Um, Black Canary number seven, He-Man Eternity War number 14, and Vertigo's quarter, quarterly quarterly uh, SFX number four, which is the final issue to the quarterly. Um, let's move on to Image. Image, however, has been putting out quality shit and an abundance of it. Um, from Image, we have Beauty number six, Black Magic number four, which has been a great book, which is written by, uh, Greg Rucka with art by Nicholas Scott. Beautiful artwork. Um, but it's been a great book, though. Chew number 54, funny book, definitely recommend it. Deadly Class number 18, by Rick Remender. Definitely need to be reading Deadly Class. That's another awesome book. Uh, East of West, number 24. Fuse, number 17. Island, number 6. Odyssey, number 9. Outcast, number 15. Written by Robert Kirkman. The uh, genius mind behind Walking Dead. And um, Invincible. But um, Outcast, number 15. I've really been fucking loving Outcast. It's, it's a creepy but suspense, suspenseful book. So you definitely need to be reading that if you're not. And also another great book from Image, Southern Bastards, number 13, comes out by uh, Jason Aaron and Jason Latour. You already know how I feel about Jason Aaron. One of my all-time all -time favorite writers. Um, and Jason Latour's art is, is pretty badass also. Um, and finally, from all the indie titles... I only have three, uh, which is Strayer, number one, uh, written by Justin Jordan, which is the writer to uh, Luther Strode. Um, I'm a fan of Luther Strode, so I, I mean, I don't know what Strayer's about, but Justin Jordan is a great writer, and it looked pretty interesting, so I, I got that. Uh, Spire, number six, and Wild's End, Enemy Within, number five, which is the second to last issue. Uh, it's a six-issue miniseries. Wild's End number one, uh, first volume was a pretty pretty fun book to read. Um, the second volume is proving to be just as good. Um, that is it for my pull list this week. I want to thank everyone for listening to me. Um, and thank you for subscribing. Please, you know, like and subscribe as you already are. Share my podcast that way other people can like and subscribe it and hopefully relish in the goodness that you guys are enjoying and all the shit that i'm enjoying uh i always welcome new readers uh listeners let's just say you're not reading this but um i want to thank you guys for you know liking subscribing please share comment positive or negative you know i'm open to feedback whether it's positive or negative i'm not against it so please, you know, like, subscribe, comment, share. I want to thank everybody for, for visiting me this week in my universe. I always welcome you to my universe. And I want you all to have safe travels in your universes. 
Um, here's some traveling music. This week, we're going to be listening to Panic at the Disco's new album, Death of a Bachelor. Here's Emperor's New Clothes. Safe travels. Welcome to the end of eras. Ashes melted back to life. Done my time and slipped my sentence. Dress me up and watch me die. If it feels good, tastes good, it must be mine. Dynasty decapitated. It just might see a ghost tonight. And if you don't know now, you know. I'm Mansions, vintage wine. I am so much more than royal. Snatch your chain and meet your eyes. If it feels good, tastes good, it must be mine. Heroes always get remembered, but you know legends never die. And if you don't know, now you know. I'm taking back the